All right, all right. So I was thinking about that, like when I was about five or six years old, like what would have I done? Maybe like if you remember back when you were that age, like how many would say I would have been like, forget the second one, I'm just going for the first one right now. Yeah, okay. Out of the delayed gratification people, it said, you know, no, I would have probably hung in. I'd have gone for two. I mean, anybody in that group? Yeah, okay. But anyway, so Today we're talking about temptation as we, can, we kind of work through our series on the Lord's Prayer, the Disciples' Prayer, and we come to that part in the prayer where it says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Well, temptation is something we all face. All of us face it. It's all around us. And temptation is not sin, but temptation is what can lead us down that pathway to not being the people God wants us to be, to not living out the life that God designs for us. So that's what we're talking about today. And it's an important part for us because to not get how to deal with temptation in our life is to really miss out. And God gives us some great directives in terms of how to handle temptation in our life. And that's kind of where we're going this morning. So why don't you just take a moment, pray with me, and then we'll jump right in there. God, thank you for your word today. Thank you that your word teaches us and guides us. It is, it is really the, the lamp that lights our pathway so that we can see more clearly your design. And God, we want that today. So speak into our hearts and our lives today from your word. Encourage us as we look into your word today. Give us just a great way of connecting with your truths so that we can live into them and live by them. We pray that, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, temptation is a big deal for all of us. There isn't a one of us in here who doesn't face temptations all the time. You know, we can't go a day without being tempted in one way or the other. It's just who we are, but how do we do that? And I want to give, uh, how do we deal with that? So I want to give about kind of six kind of pathways or guidelines for us in dealing with temptation in life. And I think as we, get, as we jump onto those, as we get those and we begin to enact them into our lives, it will really help us to, to work through and walk through how powerful temptation can be and how God can help us in the midst of that. So if you're following along with your notes, you can pull those out. It'd be really helpful today and just to kind of follow along as we go through it. Anyway, but we're vulnerable. So here's the first one in your outline. I must identify what makes me vulnerable. I must identify what makes me vulnerable. We're vulnerable temptation, but what makes me weak? What makes me susceptible to temptations in my life? And more importantly, what tempts you, uh, what, what is that that tempts you in your life? Jesus said in Matthew 26, 41, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Maybe you've learned that willpower on your own isn't enough. You've tried to whatever, quit doing this or stop doing that. You try really hard, but willpower isn't enough. So how do we live beyond willpower in our life when we come up against things that tempt us? Whatever that is in your life, the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Jesus says, watch and pray. You might want to circle that right there. Watch and pray. He doesn't just say pray. Prayer is awesome. We know that he's in the midst of teaching them about prayer, but he says to watch and pray. What is it that he's asking us to watch for? Why is it important for us to watch? Well, we need to watch for the circumstances that make us vulnerable, don't we? We need to be aware of what's happening around us that we get drawn into. I know that for me, when I get tired, 
when I get a little bit drained of energy, I am susceptible at those points in my life to being tempted. That's when temptation kind of comes at me. And I know that that's when Satan attacks most of us, is when we're tired, exhausted, and weary. Something's overwhelmed us. We can't handle some pressure. That's easily when we can become the most tempted. I read this. It says, you can be 95% strong in your life and have a 5% weakness. But Satan, what he will do is he will pour 100% of his energy on you at that 5% of weakness. He knows where we're weak. He knows where we're weak. How do we stand up against some of that? How do we work our way through that? Well, I want to give you kind of five quick questions to ask yourself when you're dealing with identifying areas of vulnerability. So again, if you're following along with your notes, this will be really helpful as I kind of go roaring through this stuff. But first of all, we need to ask ourselves, when am I the most tempted? When am I the most tempted? Is it, a, is it a day of the week? Is it Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday? When? What day of the week? What time of the day? Am I most tempted at the noontime hour or in the early evening? Or what is the time for me? Uh, maybe you're tempted when everybody else is in bed. Maybe that's when you're tempted. You need to figure out when you're the most tempted. The second one is where. Where am I the most tempted? Some of you are tempted at work. Some of you are tempted in the kitchen. You may know where you get tempted. It's important to know where you're tempted. Do you get tempted at 7-Eleven? Do you get tempted at a sports bar or at the beach? Maybe you get tempted when you're in front of your computer for long hours of time. Whatever is tempting you, those are areas of vulnerability. How do we deal with those? When am I the most tempted? And where am I the most tempted? The third one is, who is with me when I'm most tempted? Who? You need to know the pattern of your vulnerability. Who is with you? When am I most tempted when I'm alone? Or, with, I'm with, or with, when I'm with certain people, a group of people? I read this, you can't soar with the eagles if you're flying with the turkeys. <laughs> know who you're with. Because those people can be dragging you into temptation. So identify what makes you vulnerable. How? Oh, excuse me. Um, uh, what? What is it that most tempts me? To be really honest with yourself, what is it that continues to trip me up? You need to name what that temptation is. And then the last one is how. How are you feeling right now when you're being tempted? Are you under stress? Are you bored? Are you lonely? What's going on in your life? When you can't sleep, are you the most tempted? Anyway, that's the very first section to identify those things. The second is this, plan to avoid it. Plan to avoid it. You can't wait until you're in a situation to then plan to avoid it. You need to be out ahead of things in your life so that you plan to avoid running into circumstances and situations in your life. Jesus said, or excuse me, it said, it says in God's word, plan carefully what you do, avoid evil, walk straight ahead, don't go one step off the right way. Plan carefully what you do, avoid evil. Jesus would say that to live a wise life is to avoid evil things that will trip you up. Plan ahead, use good planning. 
when our second daughter was born and she was coming home from the hospital, I was getting out in our garage and I was going to put this welcome home to Kaylee sign as she came home from the hospital. Of course, she couldn't read it by then. She was advanced, but not that advanced. Anyway, so, um, you know, but, so I got the thing out, but I looked as I was going to put it up over our garage and I looked up under the eaves at the high point uh, above our garage and there was like a uh, there was like a, a wasp nest up there. And I thought, I'm not bringing my kid home to a bunch of wasps. I have to deal with that. So I went to the store and I bought the bar, the, you know, spray can thing of, you know, kill wasp thing. So I got that stuff and I'd never done that before. And it was way up there. I got my longest extension ladder, laid it up against the garage as high as I could get it, read on there what you're supposed to do. Now I assume. I assumed that when you sprayed this stuff in there, it was like all heck was going to break loose. I mean, the whole wasp community, their friends and relatives from all the county around were going to come and attack me. So I dressed appropriately. I put on every article of clothing I had. I had several pairs of jeans on. I was like covered from head to toe. I put a hoodie on. I cinched it down as tight as I could around my face, and I got some of those plastic goggles on. I mean, I'm prepared. Because I don't want to get stung. So I'm like, and then I climb up there and I get up on top of the ladder and I'm spraying this stuff with that little deal and I'm spraying it into the nest in the evening. That's when you're supposed to do it. And I sprayed it, did I read everything? And it was kind of anticlimactic because a few guys came out and dropped to the ground. Nobody attacked me. Nobody attacked me. But you know, one of the things about that is temptation though. Temptation is if you're going to hang out with bees just regularly, you're going to get stung. So some of that is like, be aware of that. Be well aware of that. Plan to avoid situations where you can get stung. Because that's what life's about. Being careful. Plan carefully what you do. Avoid evil. Walk straight ahead. Don't go one step off the right way. If you don't want to get stung, don't hang out with bees. If you don't want to get tripped up in temptation, be careful to avoid it. Step number three, here's the third one. I guard my heart. Guard your heart. We hear a lot of that in Scripture to guard our heart. Why? Because our heart is susceptible to lots of stuff. We want to make sure that our heart is on the right with God. Guard your heart. It's very important. We know that lots of things come out of our heart. We might think that temptation starts outside of us when in reality, temptation starts within. Temptation starts from within you and within me. Look at James 1.14. We are tempted by our own desires that drag us off and trap us. It is inside of you. Out of the person's heart comes evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, the desire to kill people, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceitfulness, lust, envy, slander, arrogance, and foolishness. All of these vile things come from not outside, but from inside. All of that garbage is in us. All of it comes from inside. We might think that all the temptations are outside, but we're susceptible from the inside to what's going on around us as well. You know, if you're serious about breaking some bad habits and getting at the heart of temptation in your life, I'm going to give you a little quiz right now. So if you're looking at your notes or if you don't have them, just find them or 
steal them from the guy next to you. But anyway, so there's a pen in front of you. I want you to do this with me. I will explain it to you as you go. I'm going to give you 10 questions, and then here's how it works. And this is a spiritual kind of heart quiz that Rick Warren developed, and I love his stuff from Saddleback Church. Here are the 10 questions, and what I want you to do is I want you to circle either a zero, a one, a two, a three, or a four. Now, if it's a four, that's being really strong about it. If it's a zero, not so much. A zero is on the left-hand side. The four is on the other-hand side. I want you to evaluate it, and then we'll add up the points in just a minute. I'm going to walk us through, so here you go. So number one, right now, your emotional experience, do you feel more physically exhausted? That'd be on the left-hand side of the column down near the zero. Or do you feel more energy and in shape that it puts you on the right-hand side toward the four? Somewhere in the middle of there. Physically exhausted, tending toward that end, or you're tending more toward the energetic side of life. Just circle one of those, okay? Here we go. Number two, you ready? Number two, right now, how are you feeling right now? Are you more discouraged and pessimistic about life than you'd be over there on that zero side, over there? But if your faith is growing and you're encouraged and hopeful, then you're on that four, three and four side. Where are you in that? Number three, right now, are you feeling in your life more bored with your life, more discontented with your life? That's over on that zero and one side. Or are you feeling more than other times more challenged and contented than you're over on the, the three and four side? Really strong about it. That's on the right side. Here's number four. Are you feeling more spiritually dry or spiritually empty? Or do you feel spiritually alive and like you're really growing right now and becoming more who God wants you to be? Number five. Are you feeling more alone a lot of the time and more distant from other people, especially those you love? Or are you feeling right now that you're close to those you love? Is there a lot of conflict and aloneness on the one hand, or are you close to people who you love? Number six, do you feel more insecure and unsure about yourself? Or do you feel confident and secure and hopeful? Circle where you are. Number seven, are you feeling wounded, deeply hurt? That's on the zero and one side. Or are you feeling more love and understood? Then give yourself a three or a four if you're on that side. Or if you're hurting and wounded, you're on the zero and one side. Number eight, do you feel more bitter and angry about something that's happened in your life or something that you've just gone through or are going through? Challenging and bitter and wounded? Or are you feeling like, I've forgiven everybody in my life right now. I'm at peace with people. I'm not holding on to regrets with other people or in my life. Number nine, just a couple more. Number nine, this is kind of the happiness continuum, the happiness-sad continuum. 
Where are you on the happiness-sad continuum? Are you feeling more sad these days, the lower end? Or are you feeling more happy these days, on the other end, the higher end? And here's the last one, number 10. Have you felt recently more like you've failed? Or have you felt more recent like, you, like you've been succeeding with what's been going on in your life? Failed or succeeding? Where are you? Okay. So here's what I'd like you to do. We're going to kind of analyze this really briefly, but I want you to add up all of your points in total. Add them all up. Add them all up. Just take a moment. Add them all up. Put your score at the bottom. And then I'll kind of guide you through that. Anybody need a calculator out there? That'd be good. That'd be good. That'd be you're doing good. Add it all up. Everybody there? Got it? Okay. So here we go. Again, this is a kind of a general thing, but here it is. If your score is 30 to 40 range, if you're in that 30 to 40 range, you're in really good shape. You're going to be much, much more resistant to temptation in your life. Things are pretty healthy for who you are right now. You have some strengths some great strengths that are happening to help you resist. That's a very, very good sign if you're in that 30 to 40 range. If you're in that 20 to 30 range, then you're in need of some adjustments, some serious adjustments, because there are some things that can come at you right now. The yellow lights are flashing in your life. You may not be aware of that, but there are some significant areas of need for you to deal with in your life. You might want to circle several of those that you go, I know those are areas, and I have got to work on those. That's in the 20 to 30 range. If you've got less than 20 points on your score, you're in a crisis and you may not even know it. You're kind of in a crisis mode. Things are not doing well and you're trying to figure it out or you've given up or you've lost hope or you don't know what to do or you're exasperated, whatever it is. And let me just say, if you're in, in that middle range or you're in that, that lower category of the 20 or left, then let us know that. There are people here that can help you with that. Don't walk away from this place without getting some help for yourself. Call the office, set up an appointment to meet with one of our pastors. Get in a small group. If you're in a small group, talk to some people in your small group that you can count on. Get a friend that knows you and understands you and take some time to talk with them. If you need counseling, you need help, we'll help you get that. But don't delay in doing that. You're in a crisis, you need help, you need to get back on track because it will just drag you the wrong direction. And we don't want people to be there because that's not how God designed any of us. So here we go. Here's number four. Here's number four. The fourth thing is pray for deliverance. Pray for deliverance. What I mean by that is just ask for God's help. You don't have to have a long prayer. You might just cry out to God, God, I need help. Help me. God, I surrender, but I need help. God doesn't necessarily need long, drawn-out prayers. Plenty of people in the Bible cried out prayers of deliverance. God, save me. Help me. I need you right now. God hears and understands those things. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. God wants to lead us from temptation through that and away from evil. 
God wants to guide us through the process of temptation. And like I said, temptation alone is not sin. It's what temptation will lead us to. And we want God to lead us the right way so that we don't go the pathway that's being called upon us by temptation. It's too easy to succumb to that. So pray for deliverance. Psalm 50.15 says this, Call upon me in your day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will honor me. God is awesome because He understands who we are. He knows exactly what we're going through. He knows about your life and my life. He's also experienced human life. He knows. I love what it says in Hebrews 4, 15 and 16 about Jesus. Listen to this. Jesus understands our weakness, for He faced all the same temptations we do, yet He did not sin. So let us come boldly to our gracious God, and then we will receive His mercy and grace to help us when we need it. The Bible says that Jesus was tempted in every way, and yet He did not sin. He never gave in. He understands. Jesus had a choice, and He chose not to give in. And on our behalf, He understands exactly what we go through. That is a great God who gets it. It's not an aloof God. It is a God who gets it and everything we're going through, whatever your temptations are. Here's the fifth one. I turn my attention elsewhere. I turn my attention elsewhere. I'm amazed. We have two dogs, and I'm always amazed at how easily their attention goes somewhere else. A bird goes by. A chipmunk runs by. They're like, they're there. I don't know if you remember that movie Up, but in that movie Up, there's a bunch of dogs in that movie, and there's one point where the dogs are like totally focused, and they're it's just bizarre, but they're totally focused on the wrong thing, and the kind of the heroes in the movie are trying to get away from these dogs or get disattached from them. I don't know if that's a word. They disengage from them. And anyway, and then the, all, the, all the one kind of hero guy just goes like, he just yells, squirrel! And all the dogs go, they're all, they totally shifts their thinking and refocuses them away from what they're focused on to try to find the squirrel. Turn our attention elsewhere. Turn our focus. Refocus attention. This is a huge thing. Whatever you resist persists. Whatever has your attention will keep your attention and it will try to draw you in. So we have to change our focus. We have to resist and change our focus. God is all about that. We need to get a new focus. We need to be able to refocus our thinking. Whatever gets your attention gets you. The battle for sin always starts in the mind. The Bible says in Psalm 119.6, thinking about your commands will keep me from doing some foolish thing. In other words, God help me to think on your commands, on truth, on goodness, on how to live like you want me to live, to get my attention centered on your word, your actions, your deeds, what you've called me to do. Get my attention refocused on you rather than on the thing that seems to be drawing me in that's not healthy for me. Think about the truth and not about the dumb stuff you could be doing because it's not healthy for you or for me. 
Because whatever has our focus will pull us, whatever that is. So you don't fight temptation, you turn your mind from temptation and refocus it elsewhere. I love this verse. It says, we capture every thought and make it obey Christ. We capture every thought and make it obey Christ. That is the principle that is the principle of replacement. We replace our negative thinking, our negative draws toward things that are not healthy, and we replace it with the good things of God, the way God thinks about things, and we capture those thoughts through the power of Jesus in our life. That's the, that's the principle of replacement. It will lead us in a great step away from temptation. Here's the last one and perhaps the most important. Get a group and a friend. Get a group and a friend. Maybe this seems obvious, but I've been a pastor a long time, and I am amazed at how many people who consider themselves followers of Jesus don't get it. They might get it mentally, but they don't do it. They don't get involved in a church community or a small group. They don't get it. They don't get how important it is to have a group of people around them because we can't on our own stand firm. We need people in our life to speak truth into us. We need people that we can say, this is who I am. This is where I'm struggling. I got to admit it. I need help. Get in a group. Get in a group of people that care about you, that love on you, that will listen and hold you up. And particularly, get a friend or two that know who you are. I have several of those people in my life. I've had them for years. I have two really, really good friends. Probably my best friend is a guy named David, and I, I spoke to both of my really close friends this week. And I say things to them like, hey, this is what I'm struggling with right now. And I'm accountable to them. And I'm honest with them. And they're honest with me. If they think I'm hiding something from them, they'll kind of push at me. Is that really what's going on in your life? I can't do without those people. Without those people, I'm no good. I need healthy people speaking into my life. My friend David said to me, hey, I learned this this week. It's a great concept. He said there are people who lean on your life, and there are people who lean into your life. And there's a really big difference. Let me tell you this. People who lean on your life are the people who say things like, what in the heck were you thinking? What's wrong with you? They come after you hard and not always because they're the most helpful. You're messed up. Okay, I got that. Okay, I get that part. Those are the lean on people. The lean in people are the people that lean into your life. They lean in because of compassion and care for you. It's not that they avoid hard questions. They just move into those questions in a gentler way. But you can trust them. They're leaning into you. Who are you leaning into? Who are you leaning in? Are you a lean-on person or are you a lean-in person? Are you leaning into your kids or are you leaning on your kids? Are you leaning into your neighbor that's difficult or are you leaning on your Are you a leaning-on or a leaning-in person? I have to check myself because I want to be a lean-in person. God's given all of us incredible opportunities to be lean-in people. 
to lean into our kids, our grandkids, our neighbors, co-workers, friends, folks around us, people we hardly even know, people at the store we've never even met before. We can lean into people. It begins with that kind of thinking. It begins with shaping, changing our mindset so that we are Jesus' people who lean into people. There's a world out there that needs lean-in people. God wants to lean into your life today. You don't have to wait for Him to do that. When it comes to temptation in your life, you don't have to wait. You don't have to be a 10-step program. You can start right now today and say, God, God, I just I need you to lean in. I need you to speak clearly. I need you to help me walk through this challenge of temptation in my life. Let's not miss that today. Let's not walk out of here today and say, that was good, and then turn the page. No, let's, let's look at it carefully and say, these are some areas I need help to grow in spiritually because I want to live the best with God. I don't want to miss his very best for me. Let God lean into you today. Hey, why don't you pray with me? Jesus, we pray right now that we would understand that you want to lean into us, that we desperately need your help when it comes to temptation. None of us are above that, not a one. Every single one of us needs you to lean into them. Every single one of us faces the challenges of what it means to deal with temptation, to not be susceptible, to avoid it, to have you direct us, to refocus us. God, as we look over that list we just made today, just kind of grading ourselves, some folks here today, you might be one, you, you're doing okay, you're doing good. Thank God for that. But stay on it. Lean into some people. Maybe you're in that mid-range where there's some yellow lights flashing in your life and you go, I've got some areas. I want to take steps today to really move God's direction. Maybe you need some help with that. Great. There'll be people after the service up here that would love to pray with you. That's a nice step. That's a good step. Maybe you're in that 20 category, that lower category where you go, I'm in a crisis and I have to face it and I have to admit it and I don't want to be in crisis. God doesn't want you in crisis. God wants to pull you out of that crisis and he wants to put you back on the path, but you need help. If that's you today, boy, make sure you talk to one of our pastors. Call the office this week. Talk to some people in your small group. Get alone, one-on-one with a close friend that will understand. Come and be prayed for today. But don't walk out of here and stay in crisis. Don't walk out and not begin to meet a need with God. Jesus, thank you because you lean in. Thank you, God, because when you lean in, we gain freedom. We release the garbage. You bring us health. Would you do that today in Jesus' name? Amen.